to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. Okay, welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to Pod Damn America, week of uh, February 28th. Something I can't remember. Um, sorry, the show's a little late this week. Uh, your boy's been busy. I've been sick and uh, applying for jobs and all sorts of crazy shit. Shut up! Don't at me. The show's two days late. I'll kill you. Okay. Uh, no, sorry. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry about our tardiness. But uh, as you know, as you may or may not know, uh, we've been creating episodes and bonus episodes. Uh, as for this week, though, I feel like we've got a really good guest and uh, he's got some really interesting stuff to say, and he's a good friend of mine. So. What we're going to do is bang out an episode here, and uh, this episode's g- going to be all free. So if you like what you hear, and you find it interesting, uh, and you feel like listening to more, get on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash poddamnamerica, subscribe, and uh, we've already got a backlog of some really cool bonus episodes that you can listen to if you feel like supporting the show. A couple weeks ago, we covered the new Antifa episode of Law & Order. That was real fun. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> We're talking about maybe just doing a Marxist viewing of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, stuff like that. That sounds fun, right? Um, that's a great thing you can subscribe to and support our dumb comedic journalistic inve- and, uh, endeavors. Um, anyway, welcome to Pod Damn America, the uh, leftist podcast for idiots. My name is Jake Flores. I've got with me, as always, Anders. Anders Lee here. And... Ragameta. Ragameta. What's and up? guest in the host in the house tonight uh in the podcast basement is uh, a wonderful friend of mine i haven't seen in a long time joshua how are you hi um my last name is androsky josh you know that because you clicked on it you're yeah. not rebranding no i'm not going just by joshua <laughs> now <laughs> they, they call him joshua i also i also like the um, endearing, like, Joshua, like Jake just used, because we are old friends. We've known each other for years. I was I'm fucking with of, you a little bit. Well, I'm a fan of, like, the endearing Joshua, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. one of my personal pet peeves is somebody who has a name like Joshua or Benjamin Ooh, who doesn't guys. let people call them the nickname. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's like, uh, actually, it's Benjamin. Yeah, or, yeah. like, uh, actually, it's Joshua. I just find that, like, they're... Very biblical. And, like, yeah, I don't like it. It to me, it's like you are Vox. Like if you do that, like you are an explainer uh-huh. of a person. Yeah, my name's Topher. It's not Christopher or Fur. I don't know what the other end of but that. But Topher is also like Tiff. a part of that because you wouldn't. It's like you're Chris. No, your name is not Topher. Your name is fucking Chris. Yeah. Because we all decided that your name is Chris. Yeah. Although this sounds like a pronoun debate, I'm totally cool with whatever your pronoun is. Your name, however, like that's. Bougie. Yeah, God decided that. Yeah, damn right. Uh, if your parents sucked, live with it. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. tried to be Andy many times, and it just comes out as Anders. Like, I can't, my brain won't reprogram. Have you thought about being Raj? <laughs> oh, people have insisted on it, but no, no I've never gone with it, no. <laughs> Not Rog? Rog was a thing. I, I feel like that's Gog. more confusing than, now. well, that's a cool one. Yeah, they, they go at the end, yeah, okay. which I like. It goes well. Yeah. What do you think, Ake? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm a Jacob, which I don't know. It sounds really gross. And also, I watched Lost, and now I feel like a vengeful god if I'm a Jacob. Yeah, Jacob doesn't work for you. Anymore. I don't like no. it. Yeah. No. It's way too proper. Well, I also the hair is kind of biblical. I also right. don't like Jake uh, because it's it's like the name of like a uh, like a ten year old white boy in a gogurt commercial <laughs> sort of name. <laughs> Definitely uh, a, a suburban boy that chooses cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like fucked. Like I I was given two biblical names by you know. What's the middle name? Matthew, which is like I'm from a Mexican family, and they're just like you just na- you pull the same five names from this fucking book, right? What's um, this book? Uh, <laughs> it's called Dianetics. My middle name is <laughs> Zenu, uh, which you would think would be really cool, but got made fun of in high Zine. school for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's um, how zines were made. It's based on Zenu. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. It sucks because it be, being half Mexican and then having that split. It's 
it pushed me farther. I was almost named Carlos. It might be a different person if I was named yeah. that and then grew up where I did. But it pushed me into white culture and whiteness and identifying just as a little 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 wedge. Um, I thought Bernie did that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bernie made you white, bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, my cult of personality god, Bernie. You know, me, I love old Jewish men. But uh, I had a friend at a bar I worked at who I told she was I have this lock because I'm a pasty guy and I like very American and I you know it's white uh, white passing all this shit but I told her yeah my dad's Mexican and all this stuff she started calling me hacky every time I came into work what? and I was like that's you don't understand I'm a comedian it's an insult <laughs> what did she think it because she's saying hacky oh she's, she's okay saying Jake <laughs> with the fucking fun you know wait was she white no, 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 no. She was from some other crazy South American country. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So she was doing it as an endearment. Yeah. But it was also a comedy club. So I was like, you can't yell hacky at me when I walk <laughs> in the door. <laughs> hey, bombs a lot. Come yeah. on. Your next performer is hacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, prop comic. No, my name is Prop Comico. Okay. Uh, El Road Dog. <laughs> hey, Clapter, come here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, those are our names, and this is the goddamn show. Welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to do a little bit of uh, news items from the week. It has been a minute since we've last been in here, and it, it's really weird doing it. a weekly show, which you would think would be enough, but it's like every day that's just just Too much tons news. of shit coming down the mountain. So I feel like it's almost old news to talk about like this shooting, and it's also yeah, boring. you would think... <laughs> distasteful for a comedy show but it's, we're gonna try it anyway it's just so many shootings it's like yeah there's gonna be another one you know uh it's like tragedy plus like quantity or something i mean it's <laughs> like no one gives a fuck anymore the country doesn't give a shit. those teenagers don't give a shit they're doing weird pokemon jokes about it yelling at marco rubio you know they don't give a fuck um i i have uh a couple things off the top of the dome i wanted to say about it before we get into everything but i was uh, reading a lot of stuff about like the shooting and um, something that, that always comes up that's kind of interesting to me that I feel like no one's really that consistent on is uh, the mental health aspect of this whole argument because unfortunately because of the NRA and everything we have uh, we have this unfortunate situation where the concept of mental health as relating to mass shootings I think has been so co-opted by the right and the guns rights lobby that it's getting thrown out with the bathwater because now we have like a reaction to that on the liberal side, which is saying like, this isn't about mental health at all. This is about access to guns and like mm -hmm. you're using this as a red herring. And it kind of bothers me as someone who years and years and years ago at some point in my life was on a track to a career in mental health. Like I feel like this is kind of pinging part of my brain a little bit to go like, I think maybe I might have something to say about this that isn't entirely. What do you apparent. mean a career in mental health? So I was like a, a social like, worker. I was like major work for the NRA. Psychology. <laughs> He's gonna get committed to an insight. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna be in a straitjacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A career in mental health. Uh, I was a life coach, uh, <laughs> and I should be armed. Um, <laughs> no. Open a Roth IRA. Do it. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I was when I was uh, in school when I was going to. UT, I was studying psychology. I was looking at social work and I was studying a lot of like neuropsychology and stuff like that. And that by no means gives me, you know, any authority on everything. But if there's anything you learn through going to college and then hanging out with journalists and shit like that, it's like, what is the concept of authority? Like, all I have here is an argument to make. Um, but the thing about the mental health that I think is really interesting is that, like, um, I think the way, the way this issue is getting split real hard, it, it, it reminds me of a quote, a Stokely Carmichael quote, where he's like, um, he says, uh, you know, if you want to lynch me, that's your problem. If you have the ability to lynch me, that's my problem. And that kind of parses yeah. out the concept of access to being able to damage other people versus the desire to do it in the first place. Those are two different things, right? Right. And that's exactly that's a good it's a good point and it, it relates to the, the 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 gun argument really well because the main issue is people that are crazy having access to these guns, right? That is absolutely the first thing we need to do to fix this problem. But I don't think that we should throw out the concept of, like, why are these people this fucked up and atomized yeah. at all to begin with, which is, seems to be par part of the, the sort of liberal agenda. Right. Well, I think, like, 
the notion of how to stop mass shootings is to be like, okay, well, we have to stop these, like, high-volume, you know, assault-style weapons, whatever the fuck you want to call them, AR-15s, like guns that can kill 30 people relatively yeah. easily. And that, those aren't the guns that kill the most people. Most people are killed by handguns because most people that die from guns aren't killed in mass shootings. And so I think what the, the, the right is trying to do is muddy the water by adding the mental health thing right. when the, the clear answer to stopping mass shootings is stopping the production and sale of these weapons that are capable of mass shootings, yeah. which, which are all like overwhelmingly these like semi-automatic rifles. I guess what I'm saying is that like um, it sucks when things get put into a dichotomy because if you bring up mental health, that that like if I bring that up, that shouldn't me, you shouldn't assume that I'm against everything you just said because yeah. I'm totally for right. restrictions of these, and I'm not a fucking nutso like gun guy either. Like there are leftist people that are like into guns, and sh- I'm not. I'm like totally. We should lock up all the air. Like should just not have these or whatever. Sure, but not, yeah. The reason I I came to like back around to this argument, I've been thinking about it a lot, is because the the big answer in a lot of like internet like twittery like leftist arguments about this is um you know it's not about mental health it's about um you know men and like toxic toxic masculinity and things like that and like cishet white and all this like identity stuff and i that shit's i mean It'd be so I, funny if you just went full on woke right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 100% correct and that's the only thing we need to focus yeah, on. Yeah yeah yeah. No, but for real, though, like, th- I think there's a middle, like, kind of line there, which is that that stuff is real, but what you're describing is mental health. Yeah. And the reason people don't think about it that way is because with mental health services in the history of, like, psychology as a study and, like, a soft science in America, psych- like, the study of the brain is split into psychology and psychiatry. And psychiatry is specifically pharmaceuticals like Mm -hmm. treating it medically right Mm -hmm. and psychology is all this like Freudian behavioral stuff like how do we address what's going on in your life and that's you're talking about toxic masculinity and stuff like that you're talking about that so you kind of are defeating your own point you should be on board with the idea that that is part of this equation I mean you're talking it out as if it it is if you don't believe that that what you're talking about is a mental health issue i kind of have a feeling that some of these people are just like yeah the problem is like uh you know toxic yeah we should kill that like round them up and fucking you know well a lot of it is a reluctance to acknowledge that toxic masculinity actually sucks for men too like, I don't like it's it. It's not as bad as you know being a white dude. Being a white dude sucks. It's not as bad as being someone else. Well, yeah, everything sucks yeah. under capitalism, yeah. right? Sure, but I, yeah. I think the main issue with this, at least the way that I'm seeing it, is that these are all different scopes of solution to the problem, right? So, like the very granular like material answer is remove the guns, remove the guns. And then you pull it back. Right. And you're like, okay. And then there should also be background checks, which address mental health, which address people that have been deemed by the state to be mentally unfit. Right. And so that's, that's like a mental health issue that has like a tangible way that you, that you use this mental health issue to control gun ownership right right? right. and Mm -hmm. then you pull it back even more and it's like okay and what is the underlying thing of all this it is very overwhelmingly male and overwhelmingly white males that do mass shootings so at the same time we should address that but that's much more of an abstract thing like like that requires like what you were saying which is like therapy uh, a sort of a like I mean a, a way to address that would be to end the CDC ban on um, uh, uh, researching gun violence as mm-hmm. an epidemic, which there is a, a, a ban mm-hmm. on researching yeah. it. Oh hell yeah! Um, and so like that would that would get to the bigger issue. So there to me, what, it, all this stuff to get through the noise. It's like okay, so what is the tangible thing that's done by having this take? What is your answer? What is the tangible thing? And I think those are the three things. They're not separate. You, they can all be done at the same time. That's my exactly. point. Is like the that parsing things out in a certain way between you know left and right, partisanly. It, like it, it, 
it eliminates certain things. Like it, it, what you just described, you're just describing this holistic approach to this thing. We need to understand all these things in order to fix the problem. Well, that that's exactly what's being undone by going, no, it's not mental yeah, health and, at all. And it's know? also worth pointing out that these these conservatives who are pointing to mental health as the, the cause don't want to fund mental health services. Oh, that's Absolutely. the most hilarious you know? but shit. That's, yeah. But that's why people are upset about the mental health right. answer is exactly what you just said, which is it's being used in bad faith I by just, the right. Okay, that's, right. so my, my little soapbox here for the episode is like, don't throw that baby out with the bathwater. Um, because, uh, I, you know, there are a lot of takes being thrown around about this Nicholas Cruz guy, and a lot of them are, you know, it's this is just a byproduct of privilege and yada, yada, yada. And that's like to that's a lens you can look at this through. And there's some extent to which that is true. Um, but I kind of want to point something out. Uh, we have a trend of like, you know, don't even research and don't 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 glorify well, a lot the of shooter the people echoing. Sorry, go ahead. OK, my, my point about this guy is that I looked into him a little bit and um He's he, pretty cool. So my, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got pogs. The reason I looked into him is because um, I, I was like, his last name's Cruz. Like right. everyone's doing this white shooter shit, and I'm going, are they doing the thing where you're Hispanic and it's like they, you're white if they don't want you well, to Ted be? Ted Cruz's in right dad was involved with the Kennedy thing. Yeah, so maybe and his Zodiac killer. Yeah, it's, there's a long Cruz family tradition. <laughs> right, right. So I had this hot take ready. I was like, wait, get gun control. We need cruise control. Yeah. Oh my. So I kind of thought, am I going to figure out that this guy is like Hispanic and no one's going to talk about him? I have this huge hot take, right? But I looked into it. It's weirder than that. His last name's Cruz because he was adopted. He's like an orphan. And he was adopted by Hispanic parents who then also died, right? And then he was like living in some family's couch going to high school and like night school at the same time or some shit. Don't like hold me a lot. This is like a loosely formed fucking thing or whatever. But he... uh. But was a fucked up kid and like the the foster parents that he had when this happened, you know, freaked out and they fucking you know, his foster mom was like at the jail when they dragged him into jail and like lunged at him and her, the dad had to hold her back like they were in a bar fight and shit. And like there's some extent to which, you know, if you look at this guy's social media and stuff. I think under different circumstances, we would probably look at this if it wasn't politicized in this way and go, this is a fucking great, like, weirdo person who's got all of these things we're talking It's going to make a great American crime story season, <laughs> is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a great Lifetime movie. Uh, it's going to make a great emo album. Did he kill his point. parents? No. Well, his parents no. Died. Yeah, why do all these people... S- yeah, I'm yeah. on the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> this is... Let's do a serial about this. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, unless he was a little Damien, like, Voldemort kid, and he killed his parents when he huh. was a baby, he maybe he did. But he's cool as hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the good son, dude. Yeah, right, right. For real. <laughs> well, he was a big Trump, he was a big MAGA dude, right? Um, Was he? I'm not That's sure. That's what I've... That I saw sense. there were pictures of him yeah, the hat. doing target practice in the hat and boxers. Yeah. But it's like, also, who knows what his real fucking world view is. Right. Well, he's yeah. a psychopath. Yeah, well, but I mean, his it, Instagram was him posing with guns and like weird fucking throwing knives. But and being shit. part of the social like welfare state, like like of of like group homes, foster homes, that that bureaucratic nightmare of being yeah. raised by that in Florida. Obviously, there's something to that as like, I mean, you're not going to like fucking like empathize with the fucking dude. But like you look, it, it, I, I agree with your uh, your underlying point of. Like, let's take everything into consideration when we looked at this so that we can have a holistic approach to the, like, resolution, which is no more mass shootings. Yeah. So I guess I'm, like, looking at this very holistically and going, like, well, let's not get carried away because we have a tendency to get carried away and yeah. shoot ourselves in the foot. That's Uh-oh. a bad <laughs> term, way to put that around. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe my... F- foot should be armed what do you think about that uh, <laughs> arm your foot <laughs> a lot of the rhetoric around uh, shooting feet is kind of problematic um, arm feet whatever dude <laughs> i do genders arms and feet <laughs> <laughs> i do kind of worry though and other smarter people have made this point that a lot of the gun control um legislation being proposed that people have kind of written about um could lead to a even more drastic increase of the carceral state. So the way yeah. we treat drugs, right. you know, small amounts of drugs, 
um, when we go into poor communities and lock people up, is that the same thing's going to happen with guns? Yeah, that's a really good point that you see brought up in leftist circles a lot, which is that, like, yeah, and it's 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 true. If we do implement gun control in the society that we already have, in the framework we already have, all that's going to mean is that it's going to be enforced on young black men and yeah. then, like, not really enforced on white people or whatever. Right. I mean, that's why you need to target institutionally you need to target gun makers and manufacturers yeah. and sellers more than you target gun buyers you mm-hmm. want to stop the proliferation of guns you don't want to build a another way to create slave labor like yeah. they did in the drug war yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that and also another thing as far as gun control like things to look out for is that fucking um the like not letting people with guns that are on the no fly list, like not letting people right. on the no fly list buy guns, which was like a weird thing that the Democrats really went to bat yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Like for let's trust the no fly list. Yeah. yeah. Let's trust the executive branches, like purely racially motivated, <laughs> like hate list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's also a thing with, like, felons, too, because right. this, uh, this amorphous idea of felons is like, ah, criminals or whatever, but, like, who are 90% of these people, you know, just... Right, that's why, I mean, and it's a simple thing of, like, overall, I think what it is is don't have a take unless there's an application to your take. Well, and it's totally. also a classic, like, Clintonian, like, aha, you believe this thing, but not this thing, and we're going to take this conservative idea right. and, like, push it as a campaign... Well, and and to harken back to Josh's point he made earlier about like the way we talk about gun violence and we only frame it around mass shootings. And every time there's a mass shooting, it's like, oh, this is when we talk about gun control. There's a ProPublica article that came out a few years ago. It's like four years old now. But uh, they're quoting someone in here. I can't remember who it was like the most obscene incidents of gun violence usually do not make mainstream news at all. Uh, Citing a nightclub shooting in Tennessee in which 18 people were shot and only one person killed. Uh, we believe the media does a disservice to mass shooting victims by virtually ignoring them unless large numbers are killed. And a lot of those people who are shot in, you know, shootouts that involve two, three people are black men, disproportionately. Yeah. Oh, it's just like being a comedian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't get the big numbers. Yeah, no one, no one wants to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, imagine being in a mass shooting and then just kind of being like, I thought that I was going to get a big break as like a crisis actor from this <laughs> and then nobody. By the way, you're L.A. guy. Uh, crisis Actors Union. Is that hard to get into? Look, or are we... it's the Crisis Actors Union is pretty tight. All you have to do, you get a voucher if you're seen crying in the background on CNN. OK. Um, and <laughs> but like the problem with being a crisis actor is like once you get too good at it uh, and you're too memorable, yeah. they burn you. Uh. You're not allowed to do it anymore. So. Yeah. You also can't take non-union gigs. Right. <laughs> yeah. So definitely no like crisis acting on True TV or uh, yeah, and all those crisis child actors fusion or whatever. So fucked up. They're so fucked up. I I uh, not like the midlife uh, crisis <laughs> actor yeah, and phony. I, I personally am a crisis triple threat. <laughs> a crisis act, a crisis dance, a crisis sing. Uh, you should see him crisis sing. It's great. I, well, I was doing the national anthem at the Boston Marathon. When it uh, blew up, that was part of it. It was really dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a black and white cold shot. Oh, say can No, I did Fergie's. Yeah. <laughs> I just did. I did the horny one. Oh, you did the bad rock band take. No, dude, uh, did no, you watch did you that? Yeah, no, no. Fergie's? I'm saying it sounded. It, it sounded like she was playing a uh, Guitar Hero badly, or whatever. The one no, where you can sing. No, it was just sing. a stand-up bass, baby. Yeah. She does. She, man, every few years she'll do something like this just to get her her star. Ro- Remember when the the vaginal sweat oh, Fergie's thing. playing 4D chess yeah. <laughs> she is Fergie that's the name of this episode Fergie's playing 4D chess no. I decided it. no you know if that's how you name episodes <laughs> yeah, but that's sure. the name of this one. it was like 10 years ago the podcast she, it was that's like, how we name everything <laughs> yeah. it's black peas black eyed peas related uh <laughs> The Black Eyed Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was like at the Grammys or something, and everyone was like, "Did Fergie piss her pants?" Like, and yeah, she was she like, totally "No, that was uh, vaginal sweat." That's worse. Yeah, that like, is why worse. Hey, you that's so much worse thing. That's so weird that she would say that. Just <laughs> be like, "Look, these award shows are insane. You don't get any time to go to the bathroom." Multiple. Really? Months. Yeah. It yeah. happens a lot. <laughs> that's awesome if it's true. Well, come say into a mic. 
Hang on. Okay. Rachel Millman comes. Rachel Millman in the house. Is quick. There's a great footage if you haven't seen it of Fergie on I think it's the Good Morning America stage doing runs while doing one hand front flips. Yes. <laughs> Guns and Roses. But that rules. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. And like, I respect her as a performer because of that. I also yeah. I agree with the it's probably lukewarm by the time this you know it hits sort of like you know what else is lukewarm? Fergie's pants. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I agree with the take that Fergie's anthem is what this country deserves right now. It was good. It fucking rocked. I watched it. It was like super f- sexy. Yeah. I watched it. It felt like appropriate. It was absurd. Five times. It did not rock. It was absurd. Like but the country. Rocked. Okay, it rocked because it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, Deal. exactly. And Absolutely. Like I thought it was. It was just like it was hysterical. I watched it like five times, and the unsettling drum. Yep. Throughout it, just like not being even was wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna log off as the Fergie pants pissing ex- expert. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your expertise. <laughs> Every podcast needs one. Yeah. Um, um, well, suicide. I've been, <laughs> uh, I love it. Suicide is not. Wait, hold on. It could have gone one of two ways, right? It could have gone back to the gun debate, suicide, or we could have talked about the Will I Am hologram. <laughs> and I'm happy that we're going back to the gun debate specifically uh, about suicide. Why not both? Re enter. Arm him. Also, what I, <laughs> Arm the Will I Am hologram from 2008. <laughs> <laughs> the hologram commits suicide at the press correspondence center or something. Um, uh, suicide is part of that. Those statistics where they talk about gun deaths, yeah, right. which people don't point out. Um, right, well, and you're here's here's my hot take on on uh, gun ownership. Uh, buying a gun makes you. Uh, a whole gun's worth more likely to die from a gun. Yeah, like mm. buy an entire gun. Yeah, for sure. That's an entire gun more uh, that you're likely yeah, to that be just killed being by a gun. You, yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing that people people don't talk about suicides, and and that goes more into the most gun violence, which I I believe is like handgun violence, not yeah. mass mm-hmm. shooter violence. Well, statistics can just be really misleading. Like they're well, if they're not contextualized at all, yeah, which they usually aren't. But they're yeah. real wonky. It doesn't mean that these mass shootings things are not a problem in the very specific way that it's very obvious that they're a problem right you know um good good gun stuff like i don't know i hesitate to even get into it because we only got a certain amount of time here but it's really interesting because it's such a cultural thing and i'm from the fucking south and there's like this argument's been going on in america for so long that like i don't think we're gonna fix it by yelling at people through a podcast right now because there are people that are very much decided to like to shoot the them yeah. shoot them into not having the gun that's so, how they would have it i yeah. think you know so like the last one was in october and then we just had one so we're like due for another me too story <laughs> and then like a dumb trump tweet and that will happen like three times. Do you ever play Majora's Mask on yeah. Nintendo 64? I feel like Trump's presidency is like... I, I haven't played it, so how so? <laughs> it's this video game where the entire game takes place in one day and the same thing happens over and over again. And then you slow... <laughs> like You have to re... You have to perfect the day to where every Are time the same shit happens. they going to make Groundhog Day into a video game? That's like, this is too boring. That's, we need a, like, a magical game, yeah. aspect. No, that's that okay. game or whatever. And that's what this fucking feels like because it's just the same three news stories like over. It's like yeah. V2 and a fucking gun thing. And Yeah, and then it's like, Russia. is this kangaroo sexy? Yeah. <laughs> let's combine The them. answer is yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Gloria Allred, Let's, mass ha- let's talk to Fergie about it. Yeah. <laughs> um... But then the other thing is like Russia, right? Which is like, I, so, so good. There's this. They did the mass shooting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nicholas is spelled N I K O L A S. Nicholas is spelled like the Russian way. I mean, you say that as a joke, but like someone out there firmly believes. Yeah, his name's Eric Garland. <laughs> well, there was this tweet by uh, Terrell Star, who I like peripherally knew about. I don't really know much about him, but uh, so he tweeted uh, that story broke last week. Like it, it's a CNN story that he's quoting of like a Trump supporter yelling about Hillary on her lawn, and his tweet says, "This woman called Hillary Clinton a bandit. I'm sure she picked that up from a Russian speaker, as most Americans don't commonly use that term to describe criminals. It's commonly used in Russian-speaking countries. However, what you know who yeah. retweeted that? 
our girl, Joanne Reed. Jar Jar. Friend of the show. Yeah. Joanne Reed. Bandit is First also. of all, yeah, bandit is an English word. It's translated. Has he not heard of the sticky bandits? <laughs> yeah. Commonly Smoky used in the bandit. to describe like, raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, Joanne, I, Joanne Reed is so interesting to me because I do not follow her, and she's all up in my feed. Yeah. yeah. She seems People to I be this beacon for everyone. Retweet and favorite her stuff all the time, and it drives me up the wall. Yeah. Yeah, it, it drives me absolutely crazy. It's the truest form of, like, if you follow and retweet Joanne Reed, you are the type of person who never, like, before the Trump election, never thought about politics. Yeah, so yeah. same with David Frum. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You are just the person who just does exactly what you're told. You know what it is? Her show on MSNBC, AM Joy. That is the name yeah. of her show. You're like an MSNBC viewer. You wake up at fucking six in the morning, whatever that shit's on. It's just on. It's on, and it's everything you need to like to reaffirm your existence as like a liberal by like turning this on super early in the morning you're too it's too early like really have that nuanced of a view on anything you see a black woman dj am r.i.p joy r.i.p dj am well no she's not dj am but she is best friends with travis Barker. but you're right though i mean like i honestly like you know i i've been a millennial for a long time and have not had cable and shit and have mm-hmm. been like I oh, you have the internet and stuff and uh every time i go like back to like my parents house or something and watch like tv i turn on like cnn or something and see like this joanne reed shit and go, oh my god it's so obvious this is just fox news all over again just right. sort of like bent through the liberal perspective well, that's or whatever the, that's the thing that like the chapo dudes have been talking about that is 100 percent correct and and everybody should be talking about it more is like that the way that we made fun of teacots and like those like conservative just like the conservatives that went absolutely nuts when obama was elected so many democratic party partisans like loyalists to the mm. the dnc are reacting the exact same way. And this Russia thing, like, is almost like their Benghazi or their birther thing. The, the thing that this always makes me think about think about is that uh, you know, when when you're when you were a kid and you were uh, like like myself, if you can relate to this, you know, I grew up during like George W. Bush and stuff right. and was like, mm-hmm. you know, way, way, way against this guy, George W. Bush. And then you know, these older people and I grew up in Texas. And so like a lot of these older people were conservative. And they say, yeah, he sucks. But what you don't understand is when you're young, you're going to be a liberal and you grow up, you're going to be a conservative. Right. And what it always seemed like they were describing was a gradual like sinking to that side. And so I always thought, well, that'll never happen because like I can tell when I'm moving to one side or whatever. And through this Trump stuff, I've sort of realized like it's not a gradual thing at all. It's one big push every few years. And it's shit like Trump that yeah. pushes that causes these situations to happen where people have to go, oh, I'm either on this side or that side right. or whatever. So like when Trump happened, I, I knew a bunch of people who lived kind of in, you know, ignorance like a lot of us did, myself included, you know, and I'm like. To have no problem admitting that because it's I'm trying to get smarter constantly through life or whatever. Right. But you know I have a lot of friends who like very much, like I think that they don't realize being a neoliberal now is the equivalent of having drifted to the right like whatever ten mm-hmm. years ago or whatever. Yeah. It's just that's how it happens. It, it happens in a way that makes you feel like it's not this huge fucking thing. You know, the, those people won't become Republicans because that would. That, that's the wall that they've put up or whatever. But, but the Overton window has shifted to the right. Yeah. And what bugs me about it is it's constantly cloaked in like this this like pseudo pragmatism where it's like, yeah. oh, well, all those things sound great, but getting health care is hard. Yeah. Um, well, it's people that hate politics that are now confronted with politics all the time. So they're super susceptible to the sort of Reagan style, Clinton style of like, we don't need more government. Yeah. We don't need more. Po- and that's the like United States of care kind of shit. Such a big idea in the South, man. Like the thing that everyone in the in, we in hate Texas politics. where I'm the from. United States of care. Yeah. The, the, one of the biggest myths down there that I've only really wrapped my head around really from getting out of like Texas is like even people that are consider themselves left and liberal down there and stuff and liberals probably the fucking word is like these people all cling to this idea of like well you know I, I like all this social stuff about liberalism but 
big government's a bad thing and small government's a good thing. Even people who consider themselves to be on the blue sides of things still sure. stick to and, this. And that's a problem of branding from the Democratic Party. I talk right. about this all the time. It's the difference between Obama's earned income tax credits and fucking Social Security. Social Security was pitched by fucking FDR as literally the the posters that were up were a hand coming out of the White House with a fucking check in it. Mm-hmm. And it was like And then a hand going into the White House. Yeah, with, baby. With its fingers all clasped up like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing a fisting <laughs> hand for anyone um, listening. So <laughs> it's just a hand coming out of the White House with a check in it. And it just said a check for you every month. And it was it was such an easy to digest. This thing is helping me. Whereas, you know, Obamacare or the earned income tax credit, like it wasn't until after like I realized that Obamacare was saving me a bunch of money. But I didn't know it was because all that I knew was like, oh, weird. My tax return is a little bit more. I'm getting a little bit more tax return money than I was before. That's weird. I wonder why. And then I did some looking into it and saw it was because of Obamacare. Yeah. It wasn't like Barack Obama is making you pay less money in taxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, the reason why is because wonks and technocrats are like, well, people technically will spend the money less and they'll be more smart about their money if we do it in this way so they don't know that they're even getting it. And and that sounds good, but it's horrible politics. So I think if I heard this correctly on your podcast, my assessment of that was that the reason that that happened is because like Clinton, Bush and Obama era Democrats had to code the language in such a way that they could sort of sell that idea while also selling it to conservatives at the same time because they're trying to constantly triangulate and get republican yeah uh, right. suburban voters right which yes. is such a dumb strategy now that we know like people would just vote for like a bernie or whatever right well yeah. everybody would i mean the, the the problem is they don't want the vast majority of americans who don't vote uh to vote and they would vote with simple programs mm-hmm. like this right but right, like right. The, when you say big government you should counter by saying i don't want big government i want big government services i want the government's big we're not going to do anything to it what i want is them to be i want a huge amount of relief from them that's and and like the idea of picking medicare social security programs that people like and going like these are government services like not saying oh no no big government we got to slash jobs or we got to not we got to get rid of welfare or something like that yeah you just change the branding on it to make it more appealing because that's all it is right it just sounds better to say we hate big government well it's interesting when you're talking about those old people in like texas who are saying like you'll you're left wing now but you'll see like when that happened to me i became more conservative and that did happen to them but because of their specific historical like life you know the reagan uh before reagan like big government like that wasn't really used in the same like that terminology wasn't used as much and he he started uh targeting big government as this thing and there was no one else like really giving a convincing yeah, it was a alternative meme from the 80s yeah it's a meme from the 80s and now like you know, maybe we're going to say something way different to kids, you know, 50 years from now. We're going to say, I used to think like you until I right. saw a condescending Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. Um, but anyway, in terms of all these big uh, ideas about government, Joshua, uh, how would you say this relates to the concept of banks? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt I want to make you. the government bigger, dude. I, I want to <laughs> nationalize the banks. Yeah, you um, want to inflate the government with a big Super Mario plunger. Just like Iceland did, right? Did I mean, not, I don't, I'm not sure about Iceland nationalizing. I mean, I don't. I, look, I'm not saying that we need to like send tanks into Wells Fargo because even though that's what I believe, that's not going to happen I'll anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, look, I'm not saying <laughs> we should drag every banker out of their bed and shoot them in front of their only children. The next um, mass shooting should not happen. <laughs> oh, well, that's Fargo. the other thing. When you were like, uh, like you don't want to make the carceral state any bigger, or did you say that? You yeah, that when you me. when you were like, we should make the carceral state bigger. I was like, except for executives. <laughs> then then I want I want to jail yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So I'm working a lot right now in LA on the uh, public banking movement which essentially boils down to um, where your public funds, where your your city's public funds uh, reside. Uh, 
Yeah. So the idea of like the question that I want people to start asking is like, what happens to the money once it goes in the bank? Because we, I think as a country, um, the majority of us just think of like, okay, you deposit in the bank, it just sits in the vault, and you're like, there's just this big vault, and Scrooge McDuck. It's literally this twenty dollar bill from nineteen ninety two that is right. in a bank account with my name on it. Right. right, and and so what actually happens is that money then funds the bank's gambling, and it funds the bank's gambling um, in you know horrible, risky you know subprime mortgage derivative swaps, uh, you know that crash the economy. Um, but also they invested in fucking Philip Morris and Raytheon and in um, private prisons. Just the, the worst places mm-hmm. in the world is the, where Wells Fargo is investing the money that's yours. It's in your account, but it's not just sitting there. It's moving constantly, always going in and out of people's pockets. And then when you pull it out, that's the only time that it's physical money. So the bank loves to gamble. Essentially, that's all a bank does. Does the bank ever play that game where you put your hand on a bar and hit a knife around it a bunch of times? Yeah, <laughs> constantly, and it goes faster and faster every time. And oh. every once in a while, it'll cut a finger off. Oh, that uh, fucking rules! Get hard, yeah. Once it cuts the whole someone, hand off. Is it its own hand or is it like? <laughs> it's your hand. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 our hands. Yeah. It's all of our hands. Um, so. What what we want to do is we're working towards municipal public banking. So I don't want you to think of your money as in like your bank account. Think about it as in your tax dollars or mm. the money you pay for utilities, your gas or electric bill. When you pay in Los Angeles and, and many, many, many cities in America, you pay your electric bill. The city of Los Angeles has that earmarked and budgeted to go to some service, you know, Um Ideally, turning your power on. Um, And that money, then, they deposit into Wells Fargo. And then Wells Fargo does all that shit I just explained earlier with that money. Instead of it being in your city, improving your city. So we want Mm. to take Wells Fargo out of the position to control where that money goes. Sure. When we want to put that in the hands of the municipality itself. So, for example, like uh, and and this this helps in zillions of of ways. This helps like literally every issue. This touches every single issue. Mm -hmm. So your electric bill money is sitting in Wells Fargo. And uh, if it was sitting in a public bank, then what would happen is it would be used to fund low income housing, which banking like traditional private banks don't touch because it's not a, a high yield investment. You're not going to get a but you're going to get way more money from making a luxury condo than you would a public housing or supportive housing. And that that problem is sort of inherent in the concept of privatized banks. Exactly. Because a privatized bank's incentive, its bottom line is to create profit for its shareholders. Right. Right. And so a public bank would have a charter that is decided on by the municipality government, which is way easier to um uh organize around like street level than state level for like a big place like california or new york um and that's another reason why we like the the city version as opposed to the state version for the first incremental step is that you can get the city to be like okay and this is like what we're doing in la right now is uh, a responsible investment ordinance it's known as an rio and that would say it's a basically the constitution of that bank. Mm-hmm. You can't fucking put it in uh, polluting uh, co- in any companies that pollute. You can't put it in any private prisons. You can't put it in any luxury condos. And so it it shows you know where this money can actually be spent, and it can be spent doing a bunch of things from building supportive housing to going into the schools. You know this is all money that is like earmarked for other things but during that time before it's spent it's funding everything around you yeah and through series of 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 loans and you know um uh, bonds and, and shit like that so what do you think that wells fargo now that i've explained that los angeles's money is used uh, to buy Wells Fargo to create all of their profit and empire, right? What do you think Wells Fargo pays Los Angeles for that privilege? Nothing. Um, exposure, if it's Los <laughs> Angeles. 
Uh, they charge $150 million a year in service fees, in transaction fees. Jesus Christ. So wow. for simply holding the money in a private bank, the city of Los Angeles is spending $150 million a year. Let me tell you, that's also what Wells Fargo charges me for holding my money. Guys. Yeah, baby. You guys have checking accounts? Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> Woof. Um, and so there's... What's, all what are the overdraft fees like for LA? $100 million. <laughs> it's not good. Dude. No, but for real, yeah. No, Garcetti throws vampires. huge parties, and he's still, <laughs> he's still paying off people to make everybody forget that his dad lost the OJ case. <laughs> um, but, uh, like... When we talk about like banks and their relationships to cities, it also extends like the biggest thing, right? So it's 150 million a year, but the city of Los Angeles in um, debt servicing, paying off uh, interest on loans. So if you know the city gets a bond or a loan to in order to build a bridge from Bank of America or uh, Wells Fargo, right? And they set a nine percent interest. It's usually somewhere between like four and ten percent interest. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's money that you have to keep paying back. We all know that's like how you get fucked. Uh, that's how you get into debt is you just you can only make minimum payments. The interest builds and builds and builds. So when uh, like when you, there's manufacturing or excuse me, when there's infrastructure spending in Los Angeles, guess what percentage of all infrastructure spending goes directly to paying the bank goes directly into a banker's pocket. Uh, What'd you say? 80? It is not 80%. <laughs> it's 50%. Okay. Which is still, still too high. Half. Half yeah, of yeah. every dollar spent yeah. in a, one of the biggest cities in America goes directly into a banker's pocket. Wow. When, it's, when you're talking about every infrastructure project. So if the- Why don't people just aspire to become that banker? Well, most of them do. <laughs> you know, just all people try to become that one banker. That one guy. Uh, I think that if you try too hard to do it, he finds you with a drone and he kills you. Okay. I think that's the only reason. What if the why. banker had a huge pair of pants that we could all just jump inside? <laughs> no, dude. Huge pants. People are bad. Jared Fogle. <laughs> ah, ah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> See? So the bank would um, effectively loan the city to create these... You know, to up the power grid, to, right. you know, modernize the power grid, to do all this. And the thing that really gets me excited about this is that, um, like, the efforts in Los Angeles, the people that I've been working with, with Divest LA and Public Bank LA and DSA LA. Um, yeah, I, I know we sort of just barreled into this, but uh, right. you, I just to be clear, you are working on this through DSA LA. With, with DSA LA, Public Bank LA, um, yeah. And um, we are, uh, what Public Bank LA has done in getting um, Los Angeles to divest from Wells Fargo is incredible. They, uh, and with work of DSA members as well, um, got the city of Los Angeles not only to uh, divest $150 million from Wells Fargo, but also to disqualify Wells Fargo from holding any money, wow. which is billions. Yeah, We're talking Ooh. billions and billions of dollars. And this is, so like, during the Occupy movement, there was that whole thing of like switch to a, a, a credit union, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. don't have a big bank thing. That's a drop in a bucket, you know, like yeah. even if like a right, million right, people right. left banks, they'd be fucking fine. But if every major city starts to fall, that's a way where we don't have to use fucking Congress, you know, like gridlock, that kind of shit uh, in, in order to pass something that would materially improve every person's life. Okay. So I want to cut you off there because I want to ask you something yeah. just thesis-wise altogether about this. Because this, this is really interesting to me because I, I did listen to the episode of your podcast, Left Coast, yes. where you had a guy, a wonk about this, sort of come yeah. on and talk Dave about Jetty's it. And I name. listened to it twice because with things that are this economically abstract, and I don't think I'm speaking alone when I say this to people listening to this, like tend to get a little fuzzy and sure your yeah. eyes glaze over because these things are so huge i think you kind of like i think it's you know it is meant to be that way if they exactly do get, yeah. that's why they that's how they exclude people right if, and if and if they if this this should be confusing because this is like the big big like tectonic plate at the base of society that is the root of all of these social ills we're talking about right. so like this i listened to it twice and it blew my mind and it was really interesting and stuff um so I, I, uh, I, I think that like, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, is that, uh, 
if you can fully get this stuff through your head and you're listening to this, you should listen to read up on this and you should listen to that episode of Les Coast and stuff and like really like sit down and take it in. Once you get it through, it's like reading a huge book where you go, oh my God, now that I've read it, I understand all this stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the main thing that I got from getting all of this, the, the concept of what role banks play at the center of society through my head is I think that this type of reform is the is analogous to like Medicare for all in a sense that like Mm -hmm. it's the type of stuff that if we get people educated about it and we get it to pass, it'll make what's obvious about socialism, like obvious to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a type of thing. This is the issue that, and, and it's crazy because I think it's easier than Medicare for all to get through, which sounds so crazy, um, because you're talking about like curb it's like stopping Wall getting Street, like but... someone to listen to an entire like sleep album and you're really into sleep and they've <laughs> never heard the band and you're like it takes like six hours but if you get really high and you get it all through your head right. you change for the rest of your life well, a big reason why I'm saying it, I think it would be easier to pass the Medicare for all is because there's no conservative opposition to it because it's sure. such a relatively new American idea well, yeah. North Dakota has a public North Dakota bank, has right? a state yeah. public bank which was made in like the teens uh, and it was one of if not like the strongest bank when uh in recovery of the 2008 crash because mm. they were yeah. a publicly funded bank which it, it inherently limits their risk because the the big thing is right is it's like okay well why do we want the government to be in charge of banks as opposed to what the guys who currently are like a <laughs> there's that b you can vote these guys yeah, out exactly. who are fucking up you. the bank like you are the ultimate regulator. You're, yeah. There's no way you can vote Jamie Dimon out of his seat, <laughs> yeah. you know, or fucking you know uh, Lloyd Blankfein out of his seat at fucking Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And it's such you know? a fucking vote no brainer. Because <laughs> what are two things like Americans hate more than their fucking bank and their insurance companies? Right. Yeah. And it's also yeah. like it's it's I think easier politically to pitch to people, but it's also like if you think of. Uh, a lot of the regulations that some very progressive regulations that are being proposed for the financial services industry, extremely complicated, and they might not work because there are all these like smoke and mirrors that these armies of lawyers are going to try to throw at them. And it's a lot simpler to just take the whole fucking thing and say, this is ours now, and we're going to run it democratically. Exactly. And that's really what it is. It's democratizing your money. It's making your money, uh, it's making the money that you are forced to pay uh, work in your community. Yeah. So I cannot recommend enough, like looking into this concept of public banking and reading about it and stuff and just sort of like educating yourself about like what the role of a bank historically has been and how it got to where well, it slavery. is. I mean, if you look at like the major banks, uh, like, like in America, some obscene number of like major, major banks, I believe Bear Stearns specifically began uh, as a as a bit in order to uh, like use the slave trade. Uh, and that's where I bank today. They have a change machine. You can put your change in it and it sorts them into little little, little slots. Really? No, I don't know what the oh, fuck that is. Imagine a coin star at like a Bear Stearns. Like yeah, that's yeah, a huge like, fancy going bank. To a Bear Stearns bank, and it's just like some fucking guy who's coming. <laughs> yeah, he's like a big hairy dude. Yeah. Who's Welcome serious. to Bear Stearns, Jay. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's wait. actually just a slave. That <laughs> Wait, so how is Wells Fargo reacting to these initiatives? I mean, Are they trying to kill you? So Wells is that Far- why you came to New York? Yeah. <laughs> You're fleeing um, Wells Fargo? Well, here's the thing, right? Like, Wells Fargo's reeling. There's nothing yeah. that can happen. They don't know. There's no real opposition. Because what is the opposition? The opposition is just, what, you want the government to be in yeah. charge? And the, the easy answer is, what, you want you guys in charge? <laughs> At least we have some sort of transparency you yeah. know, within this system. Um, there's not any other opposition other than, hey, we want this. <laughs> yeah. So they're, like, scrambling right now. They, they lost, like, uh, billions of dollars, which, again, is a drop mm-hmm. in the bucket if it's just L.A. But I think the thing about this is you're seeing it. There's a, a big movement in the Bay Area. 
um, there's there's uh, DC, New York, all sorts of uh, cities. That's why I'm I'm personally if for if you live in a state with a major city or multiple major cities, uh, I'm for the municipal public banking because, and just to get really specific, but hopefully your eyes aren't glazing over. Um, the idea for me is that in order to organize for something. In order to create something that's not going to be watered down, you want it to be as close to the street as possible. And you want activists to be able to have a say. And so in the state house, with all the lobbying that goes on in fucking Sacramento or wherever the capital of your state is, uh, wouldn't it be easier to do it in your city or mm-hmm. your county or your, you know, if you are a smaller state like North Dakota, then then that makes sense. But um, I w- so our plan right now in, in, in Los Angeles and, and what we're trying to do is we are trying to create a state law that would allow for the creation of municipal public banks because there's currently a California law that is correct that says that um, a bank shouldn't loan money to its own shareholders, mm-hmm. which, duh, that's like a horrible conflict of interest, right? Um, when the shareholders are the people of the state – then you know, then it gets a little tricky. So we just wanted to create a, a law that just says, um, with the exception of public banks, with the exception of a public fund, right. you know, whatever, and then kick it back down so that a like we we think that a state legislature would be able to be like, okay, we want you to be able to do what you want to do in this case, and thank God we're not the ones who have to write the fucking law about sure. it, you know. And, and so, like, that that's sort of – if you are a little bit more advanced, there's the issue of the state bank versus the municipal bank. And I am very much a municipal bank uh, fan at first. And then as you see it go, then you can lead up. But, like, the key to having a, 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 a public bank is making sure that it doesn't pollute and that it doesn't fund private prisons. And it does – because the North Dakota State Bank is incredible, but it's uh-huh. largely funded with fossil fuels. Mm. And so we want to make sure that for these future banks – they're not tied to fossil fuels. Sure. Is your goal for this for to eventuate in one national bank? I have no idea. Okay. I have absolutely no idea. For for right now, the goal is Federation of Municipal Public Banks in uh-huh. California that could lead to the creation of a state public bank. And um, the North Dakota Bank, that's run on uh, Steve Buscemi being pushed into a wood chipper? <laughs> yes. Okay. No, no, no. It's The North Dakota Public Bank is all about just various briefcases yeah. thrown <laughs> from cars. That's a banking system that, that makes sense yeah, to me. That Oliver yeah. Platt finds. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it's about 10 o'clock. We should probably wrap up. Is there anything right. else you guys want to uh, kind of hammer out before we get fucking off this mic shout out to larry krasner dude yeah. larry motherfucker. Dude, I'm larry tomorrow i'm gonna kiss you on the mouth if i find you larry you bear guy yeah uh for anyone listening it's unaware there's this guy larry krasner who ran for D- uh, da in philly fully black lives matter backed uh straight up just serpico style went in guns blazing and won Su- suing police department he's yeah. like yeah, multiple times i think he sued yeah. the philly pd like a dozen times or some shit yeah uh i've actually heard theories from people who live in <laughs> philadelphia that he's probably gonna get murdered which like he's my hero like <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens but um yeah he uh he, he just did away with like uh low-level bails um if you get yeah, cash, cash bills, bills yeah. cash bills yeah um so people who like for petty offenses don't get stuck in, in right. jail yeah yeah right. right didn't he do another thing with um like weed laws? yeah he's, he's dr- telling them to not enforce He's like petty possession, yeah, not in minor prison, possession. Yeah, yeah, minor marijuana. I think he's actually going as far as to attempting to and overturn. suing big pharma. Purdue, yeah. pharma. right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah all in like six months. Yeah, yeah. he fucking this rules. Guy fucking owns. He's like he's doing like I know it's on a more micro level, but he's doing what people thought Obama was gonna do when he got elected. Sure. Yeah, They're like yeah. oh he's gonna just fucking do he, all this shit, and then like September came, he's like Tim Geithner, Secretary of Treasury. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and this, I mean, I have like a lot of anarchist friends, and I'm sympathetic to a lot of what they say. But the, something that we always go back to when it comes to like elections and politicians, which you know, again, I of course don't think uh, elections are the be all end all. They're always like, oh, so you get one guy in power, like what is that going to do? And it's like, well, this is what it does. You know, it doesn't change yeah. the the entire world. But there are a lot of people whose lives are and better already. Other people to run. Yeah. yeah. If you just look at just 
be a materialist. <laughs> just be, how does this materially affect the lives of the people around you? Right. If you can use electoral shit to do that, to materially improve the lives of people around you, don't shit on that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I understand that, like, yes, we're still imperialist, but God damn it. Like, fuck, like we're trying. Oh, you, know, you guys, I, you got you got some candidates you're running over there because me and my <laughs> friends were singing um, blues music to a mule in Esperanto in our <laughs> in our exactly. school bus, and uh, that's what do you think of that? Huh? I don't know. Um, all right, uh, plugs anyone? Uh, Andrews, you go first. I gotta think. Uh, if you are listening to this before Sunday the twenty fifth, and you're in New York City, check out my solo show. On Sunday, it's called Dummy. It's going to be at Ryan's Daughter. It's about uh, autistic spectrum, learning disabilities, all that good jazz. It's going to be fun, funny. That that sounds awesome. I saw you post about that. Yeah. Sunday Uh, at 7, Ryan's Daughter. Yeah, I got a bunch of shows in March, but just I'll post about them on my Twitter, ACLU <laughs> official. Please follow me. Uh, uh, when our when show, does this come out? We should, our show's on tonight. Yeah, we yeah, we're good. Oh, it's coming tonight? Overnight. Right. Saturday... Uh, 2 p.m. Creek in the Cave. If you're in New York, I'm doing Late Late Breakfast hey. with the two Toms, Tommy McNamara and Tom Takar. Cool. cool. Um, this will come out, as you're listening to this, it'll come out uh, Friday, uh, February 23rd. I will be at Secret Loft in uh, Greenwich Village in New York City. It's a great show. Uh, you can get tickets online, look up Secret Loft. Um... Also, me and Raghav will be in uh, Minneapolis, uh, March 23rd, 24th, at the Comedy Quarter Underground. And uh, then uh, Eau Claire at the Plus the day before. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the rest of my shit will put on Twitter. All right. You know, follow us on Twitter and all that bullshit, and uh, have your pets spayed and neutered or something. I don't know. Please do. <laughs> Love you. See ya. Yep. <laughs>